You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. I'm so excited that you are here and that you have decided to spend this time with me. And I'm also excited about this topic. Oh my goodness, we need this. We Everyone needs to hear this, especially if you are single. So um, let us get into prayer and then let us get into this topic. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are good. You are holy. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You are awesome. And you know what each and every one of your children are experiencing, what's up ahead for them, Lord, what they've come out of. And Father God, I'm praying that you just speak through me a word into their lives that will help them, God, to continue to live chaste and to have hope for whatever your will is for them. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we do pray. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and his truth unto all generations. You know, this topic is something that I wanted to discuss on YouTube. However, the Lord just let me to do it for the podcast. So that's what we're going to do. So I want to, I guess, begin this lesson by uh, recounting an experience that I had about three years ago during a deliverance session. During this deliverance session, demons begin to speak and they begin to say things that I had never considered before. And the reason why I'm in, I'm expressing this to you is because um, in many regards, what was said aligns with scripture. So what the demons were saying were spiritual truths, okay? Not that we build a doctrine off of anything a demon says, but they were playing on things that God had already established, okay? So I'm going to speak this to you because the Holy Spirit brought it to mind um, initially when he put this topic on my heart and again, as I was getting ready to teach it. And so I'm going to tell you what these demons um, said in so many words. This person, um, they, they basically said that they sent the wrong person into um, that individual's life um, because that individual thought that they could be a eunuch. A eunuch. They thought that, you know, they didn't need a spouse. They thought that they um, were fine that way. And what the demon said about that person was that for them, it's an unnatural aspiration because God created them to be with someone. So they would not be able to remain pure. So what the demons wanted to do is they wanted to keep that person in a place thinking that, you know, it's more noble to be single and to not be married and to keep them away from marriage, turned off from marriage, too busy for marriage, distracted from marriage so that that person can continue to experience the frustrations of being single while they're thinking that they're doing, you know, God a favor. They're actually doing 
a disservice to themselves because they're not really in God's will. Okay. So I'm going to, and this is, this was the, the gist of what they said, um, during that deliverance session, of course, um, among other things, but that was something that was said. And I found, I found it to be really interesting. It's not something that I had understanding of though, until I read a different version of first Corinthians chapter seven. So in a nutshell, if a person has not been created by God to be single, then you should not be trying to avoid the will of God because you are not created to live a single life. So regardless of what you want and what you think you want, you have not been given that gift and you have not been given, given that grace. And so many times because we're human, we begin to feel bad because sometimes we feel lonely. Sometimes we want companionship. Let's take it all the way back to the beginning. God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a help meet for him, a helper that's suitable for him. I will make somebody to walk with this person. It's not good for this person to be alone. Now I'm going to take you, y'all just go with me to first Corinthians chapter seven, and we're going to move around a bit. Um, so the KJV, we're going to say they translated it as perfectly as they could at that time with the knowledge they had. However, when we read newer versions, even versions that were just maybe from the 1800s, um, we'll see that it was translated more perfectly and even versions from the nineties into the two thousands, it was translated um, more perfectly. So we're going to get into that. Okay. And let's see where we're going to start first Corinthians chapter seven. And let's see, go with me to verse seven, go with me to verse seven. So the apostle Paul, he says this, but I wish everyone were single just as I am yet each person has a special gift from God, one kind or another. Okay, so the Apostle Paul associates his ability to stay single and, you know, not being, not having sexual desires and, you know, wanting to have a wife and not having control. Um, he associates that with being a gift from God. I'll read the JB Phillips version of the Bible because that is a very interesting version, how it, how it extracts the definition. So I'll read it. It says, I wish that all men were like myself. And this is JB Phillips again, but I realize that everyone has his own particular gift from God, some one thing and some another. So the apostle is letting us know by the Holy Spirit that if you are going to stay single and you're not going to have those lustful desires or those sexual desires, then you have been given a gift from God. You have a special grace from God to remain that way. If God has not given you that grace, then he has not given it to you and you have to partner with the Lord and become 
willing to be in alignment with his will for you to be married. Okay. Because we don't want the enemy to be able to tempt you because you're not in agreement with God. Again, when we're single, we think it's cute and noble to stay single. And for some of us who are not supposed to be married, it is, but you can't change how you were constructed. You can't change what was intrinsically created for your life. If God created you to be married, then you're supposed to be married. Now listen to what Paul says, and this is dealing with sexual desires. So I want to say this too. If you've had sexual desires, there's nothing unnatural about that. There's nothing unnatural about you having a human body that is essentially created for sex. It's, it's nothing unnatural about it. However, it is out of order when you don't have any control over it, when you've become lustful, when you've gone into masturbation, when you've gone into pornography, when you've gone into adultery, when you've gone into fornication, is lusting a sin? Absolutely. Is having sexual desires an unnatural thing? No. One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. As you submit your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will help you to gain control over those sexual desires, but trust me, they're natural and I don't want you to feel bad about them. And, um, they are, they're there for a reason and it's because you're supposed to have a spouse, but let's go to scripture because God is so much more practical about it than, um, some of our pastors today. Listen to this. I'm going to read the JB Phillips version, and then I'm going to read the new living translation. Okay. So we're at first Corinthians, um, Chapter seven, verse one. Now let me deal with the questions raised in your letter. So these, uh, the church in Corinth, the, the people who are a part of it, they had some questions for Paul. They sent it to him and he wrote, he wrote this letter in response. So they had a letter about sexual desire. They had a question rather, excuse me, about sexual desire and wanting to be married. And should we stay single? And is it okay to have a spouse? Listen, he says it is a good principle for a man to have no physical contact with women. It's a good principle. It's a good objective for a man to stay away from women in a sexual manner. It's nothing wrong with courting and all that stuff. That's great. It's a good thing to get to know each other and things of that nature. Um, and it's also a good principle, a good standard to live by, for a man to have no physical contact with women. What does that mean? It's good for a man, first of all, to not have sex with women, right? That of course, but also let's stay away from physical contact that can stir up the demonic spirit of lust and lead us deeper into sexual immorality. So let's be wise about the situations we get ourselves into as single people. But also he goes on to say this, nevertheless, because casual liaisons are so prevalent, let every man have his own wife and every woman her own husband. Listen, because sexual immorality is so widespread and so common, okay, you just have your own wife and women have your own husband. So you don't have to worry about temptation. You don't have to worry about sexual immorality. You don't have to be concerned with sexual sin. Paul is saying, get married. If you have sexual desires, I'm going to read the new living translation of first chapter 
I mean, excuse me, first chapter, first Corinthians chapter seven. Now, regarding the questions you asked in your letter, yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. It's a good thing to abstain from sexual relations. It's a good thing when you're single to not have sex. Okay. You're not supposed to have sex as a single person. Okay. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. Okay. And I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down to, let's see, verse 36 and listen to this. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Listen to this. And I found this to be so interesting. The KJV translates this to be a father with his virgin daughter, but actually it's talking about in context with the whole chapter It's actually talking about a man and a woman who are engaged or betrothed or, um, you know, in some type of courtship. So let's, Let's start with the J.B. Phillips version, and then we're going to go into the New Living Translation. It says, and this is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 36. It says, but if any man feels he is not behaving honorably towards the woman he loves, especially as she is beginning to lose her first youth and the emotional strain is considerable, let him do what his heart tells him to do. Let them be married. There is no sin in that. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so he's saying if a man feels like he is not behaving right towards that woman, he's trying to touch her. He's trying to, as a matter of fact, let's, let's take it to the new living translation. Verse 36, it says, but if a man thinks that he's treating his fiance improperly and will inevitably give into his passion, let him marry her as he wishes. It is not a sin. Sometimes as single people, we can feel like, am I doing the wrong thing by wanting a companion? God, you know, I love you. You're enough. I want to stay single. But has he created you for that? Because if he has, then you know you have that special gift. But if you find yourself struggling with wanting to make love, with wanting to have companionship, then guess what? You probably don't have that gift to be single. Paul didn't have that struggle. This is what he was saying. He's like, listen, I wish y'all could all be single like me. Okay. But everybody has their own gift from God. I have this gift where I don't have the issues that y'all are having. This is how I'm supposed to be. You all you're struggling with sexual desires. You're struggling with wanting a spouse and you're trying to stay single. Let me tell you something in all maturity, welcome the will of God into your life and begin to pray that God prepares you to be a husband or a wife and um, pray that the Lord prepares your spouse also in that regardless of how much you want to um, be in a relationship where you're able to indulge in the, the desires that you have, that you will wait for the spouse God has for you. Now, you're not just going to be led by your loins. You're going to be led by the Lord. And this is why we have to have the fruit of the spirit called self-control or temperance, 
We have to have self-control and discipline, not allowing what naturally can happen to every human being, you know, them having an attraction to a person, another single person, or um, them saying, you know what, I, I don't want to sleep alone anymore. You come into that conclusion, that's not unnatural, but you have to know how to control it and not allow it to escalate into fantasies and you have to learn how to control it and not allow it to escalate into masturbation and you have to know how to control it and not allow it to turn into uh, a sexually immoral relationship or some type of one night stand or you know because you're lonely you go back to your ex you have to have self-control i know so many of you feel so dirty and so bad because you want a companion and you do want to make love and it doesn't mean that you know you have any type of tingling down there in your privates or anything like that but there's a, a part of your life where you say you know what this is something that i want or this is something that i miss or this is something that i would like to be in addition to my life you don't have to feel bad about that Okay. If God has created you to have a spouse, then those desires are normal. What you should work on is when it becomes a, uh, ungodly lust. So lust is simply defined as, and this is scriptural and secular, just defined as having a strong desire for something, uh, even to the point of coveting after that thing a little bit, or it's also, um, secular definition is also, you know, about sex and, you know, wanting them in a sexual manner, desiring someone greatly is, um, how lust is defined. So it's just wanting something and it's something that you're not supposed to have in this context. Okay. You want it. You have to know how to bridle yourself. Now, um, it's natural. The feelings are natural just because you're human. Okay. So I don't want you to beat yourself up for you to, like I said, if you just have these thoughts, like, you know, Lord, I, um, I would love a companion. You know, I would love someone with me. You know, I would love to have children. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, if those thoughts and those desires, they turn into, you know, I need to have sex. I need to masturbate. I need to call my ex, you know, I need to fantasize about the last time I had sex with him or her. You know, that's when it becomes a problem. Okay. But as scripture in the most practical way is showing us, it's not unlikely for a person to be passionate about wanting the person that they're attracted to. But if a man thinks he's treating his fiance improperly and will inevitably give into his passion, just get married. Do we know that scripture is telling us that? That listen, if you feel like every time you see this person, you want to make out, you want to touch him, you got to hold them. You're starting to think thoughts about them that are not right. The Bible says, get married. You're not sinning by getting married. Yes, it's good. You want to work in the ministry. You don't want any distractions. But guess what? If that's not the gift from God that you have, then it's not one that you have. And you have to do what God has created you for. So if you feel like things are getting hot and they're getting a little tough for you, ask the Lord to send your wife and wait or your husband and wait for confirmation for it. Okay. Um, to know that that's the right one, because it's so important for you to be in covenant with the right individual. Remember we say marriage and that's good. That's what the covenant is called, but it is a covenant. And you become one with this person and you make vows before God. And two years down the line, 
after your little loins done cooled off, you can't be acting like you about tired of them and you've outgrown them. So you have to have self-control and wait for the person that God is sending you, but welcome it. Embrace the fact that you want a spouse. Embrace the fact that you want children. Embrace that it's God's will for your life. Embrace that you haven't been given that gift to stay single for your entire life. Embrace that. Enjoy your season of singleness. Do as much as you can for the Lord and thank him for preparing you to be a husband or a wife to the person that he has for you. Now, um, let's go on. This scripture really, really spoke volumes to me. And it's in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, and it is about purity. And it connects so well with what we're talking about. Finding out that, yes, sometimes Christians feel like, listen, I am, things are getting a little tough. Like Paul says in that same 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it's better to marry than just to sit around and burn with lust. It's better to marry than just to sit around, you know, Things are getting hotter and hotter and hotter for you. You know, that's not unnatural. You fully grown, honey. <laughs> okay. But um, if you're allowing this thing because you're so noble and you're so sanctified, spiritual and deep, you're allowing this thing to turn into something it doesn't have to turn into. Begin to seek the Lord for your spouse. Begin to say, you know what, God, give me the game plan. Okay. And guess what, Lord, if it's not the season and you're, you're still just jealous for me and you don't want to share me, then give me the grace to stay single and not be burning with this desire. Okay. For, um, companionship and for intimacy, give me the grace to stay focused on what you want me to stay focused on. Okay. First Corinthians chapter four. Listen to this. Let's see. Let's see. We're going to do JB Phillips and then we're going to do new living translation. We're just going to stay here for this lesson. First Corinthians chapter four. It did I say Corinthians? Y'all, come on. Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 4. To sum up, my brothers, we beg and pray you by the Lord Jesus that you continue to learn more and more of the life that pleases God, the sort of life we told you about before. You will remember the instructions we gave you then in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul says, please. Please, I'm begging you and I'm praying that by the Lord Jesus, you continue to learn more and more of what a life is that pleases God. Okay. What is going to please God? And he says, we, we've already taught you about this kind of life. Listen to this. God's plan is to make you holy. Listen to this. And that entails, first of all, a clean cut with sexual immorality. Y'all, as we are seeking to be holy, listen, we're holy as single people. We're holy as married people. God's plan is to make you holy. And the first thing that, that, that he does with that is that he gives you a clean cut from sexual immorality. God wants you to stay away from sexual immorality. Don't allow human nature and that, that, um, Adam nature that's susceptible, that's natural, but susceptible to fall into the temptation of Satan. Like Adam did. Don't allow that to rule your choices. Okay. 
God wants you to be holy. So you have to make a clean cut from sexual immorality. You have to make the choice that says, you know what, God, I understand you want me to have a spouse. Lord, I'm telling you, I have the desire to be with a person. I have the desire to be married. I have the desire to do what married people do, but I don't want to step into sexual immorality. Give me the grace and give me the same gift that you gave Paul just for this season of singleness in my life. Okay. I'm not going to, you know, reject the fact that I'm human. I'm not going to feel guilty for having desires that humans have, but I have to remember first to be holy and to bring all these desires in um, everything into subjection to your timing. Okay. So you all beloved, you're human. God created you for a spouse. Okay. Some of you who are listening to this. So yes, what you're feeling, what you're hoping for, all those things are natural. It's unnatural for you to push those things away if it's not God's will for you. But in your season of singleness, you have to remain sexually pure. And this is why scripture tells us, listen, if you feel like you are moving into a place of sexual impurity, just get married. Okay. Just get married. You don't take your temple and join it to a harlot. If this is a person that you know you want to be with, just marry them. You're not doing some noble thing by remaining single and all that stuff. Okay. Um, just get married rather than burn with lust. It says every one of you should learn to control his body, keeping it pure and treating it with respect and never regarding it as an instrument of self-gratification as do pagans with no knowledge of God. So he says, listen, when you say, listen, I'm horny, I'm about to go get me some, you're not understanding how sacred your body is. When you decide that you want to masturbate because you just got to get one off because you're tired of whatever you're feeling, you are not regarding how, how precious your vessel is, that the Holy Spirit is in you. And that he's leading you and that he's guiding you. You are disregarding how, how, how holy this place has become because God's spirit is in there. Now, yeah, you will still sometimes have feelings and thoughts because you're a human, but you've been baptized into something much greater now. Okay. You've died to your fleshly nature. So even though you will still have human desires, you are not led about by your flesh anymore. You are led by your spirit. Every one of you should learn to control his body, keeping it pure. I want to pause. The Holy Spirit is just pointing this word out to me. Learn. This is not something that comes natural to us. We have to learn how to control our bodies. It's not something that we just will know how to do, you know, a few minutes after we've been baptized or a few minutes after we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior and decided we want to live differently. No, no, no. This is something that you have to learn, but you have to be willing to learn to control your body. And you have to know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God can help you to control those desires. And he does not want to throw you away because you have them. He understands how you've been constructed. What he wants you to do is learn how to control that body. Okay. He doesn't want you to give into what the body is telling you to do. 
He wants you to be holy. He wants you to be pure. And he wants you to indulge in your desires within the right manner. Okay. So that is within marriage. He says, don't just regard your body as an instrument for self-gratification. Listen, you are the temple of the living God. You are a living stone building up the kingdom of God. You are not just this vessel, you know, that you, that you used to just smoke to feel good and drink to fill a buzz and, you know, have sex to relax or whatever you used to have sex for. You're not that anymore. Now you have come into this new identity and a part of who you are. Um, you have to learn how to have self-control. He says, you cannot break this rule without in some way cheating your fellow man. That's the part that really, really gets me. Okay. That's the part that really turns my, my stomach on the inside because it's not just about you. It's not just about us as single people having self-control. He says, listen, if you give in to these sexual desires, like you're some type of pagan who don't, you don't have no knowledge of God and what God's will is for you. When you give into these desires, you're cheating someone else. You're, you're cheating your fellow man. You're hurting. Okay. You're hurting. You're harming Lord Jesus, another person by having sex with them. Can you imagine? You cannot break this rule without in some way cheating your fellow men. And this is the fellow, the, the people you're in the body of Christ with, but the person you're laying down with. Listen, when you treat your body like it's just an instrument for self-gratification and you are laying down with people, you're cheating them. And guess what? What if it's lustful thoughts and you're thinking about having sex with somebody? Can you imagine that you're cheating them, that you're violating them or that you're harming them just with your thoughts alone, that you're not respecting them for who they are in the Lord. You're not respecting them as a person made in the image of God. Let me pause here. It's not wrong to be attracted to people. It's not wrong to find someone appealing. That's absolutely normal and natural. And you have to have those type of uh, feelings if you're going to get married, right? One day. So there's nothing wrong with that. But when you allow that to become, you're having sex with the people you're attracted to, you're masturbating, thinking about the people you're attracted to, or you're fantasizing and you're indulging in fantasy lust with these people that you're attracted to. This is when you begin to cheat them. This is when you be, begin to harm them. This is when you're not operating out of perfect love for them. This is when you're not treating them with the respect that they deserve. And listen to what scripture goes on to say. And you must remember that God will punish all who do offend in this matter. And we have warned you how we have seen this work out in our experience of life. The calling of God is not to impurity but to the most thorough purity and anyone who makes light of the matter is not making light of man's ruling, but of God's command. He says, listen, you're not just making light of what we've taught you. You're making light of what God has commanded, what God has established. God says no sexual impurity. God's plan is to make you holy. You have to be completely separate, flee from run away from sexual immorality. 
It is not for nothing that the spirit God gives us is called the Holy Spirit. Wow. 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 So you all, let's 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 bring this in. We're not done, but I, I just want to um, gather up everything that we're getting in this lesson because I feel like it's a lot. You're a human being. You have desires. If you were not created to be single for the rest of your life, and for those of you who are saying, well, how would I know? Go and pray, okay? If you were not created to be single for the rest of your life, you will at some point want a companion. You will at some point desire intimacy and companionship and to have someone to share your life with. You will desire children or whatever comes along with that. That is normal. When your desire becomes lust, when it becomes ungodly, when it begins to negatively affect you and affect others, you need to check yourself. Okay, so some of us need to check ourselves. We need to check our thoughts. We need to check our behaviors. We need to check our text messages, our emails, our Facebook history, and whatever we're out there doing, we need to check it. Because scripture says, God will punish all who offend in this matter. And he says, we've seen this work out in our experience of life. We've seen people experience the, the punishment or the wrath of God because of this very thing. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Thessalonica. That was a huge red light district. So imagine Las Vegas, Las Vegas, however you say it. That is Thessalonica, a place where you know you can go and you know have a happy ending to your massage you can go to a strip club you can go have a prostitute whatever it is you can have those fetish things the dominatrix whatever all that stuff you know you can go out there and get it this was Thessalonica this place was flooded with sexual immorality and this is why we have this tone in this letter when it comes to sexual immorality from Paul he has this very stern I'm not playing with y'all this could lead you to hell because it's like literally they went into Las Vegas into a place where there was no gospel a place filled with sexual immorality and known for sexual immorality and then they plant a church there and then they have to move on but you can see their deep concern for the people they're saying listen I'm praying for you and I'm begging you continue to learn. Don't just stop where you are. Keep learning more and more of the life that pleases God. We've told you about this life. You have to remember, you will remember the instructions we gave you in the name of Jesus. God wants you to be holy. Yes, there is sexual immorality around you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, um, he says, listen, because there's so much in, um, sexual immorality, let every man have his own uh, wife and every wife have her own husband. It's better to marry than to burn. God does not want you filled up with lust. God does not want you struggling. God wants you to be separate from sexual impurity. And when the time comes, he wants you to have your own spouse. Okay. So Paul has this, this tone in this letter with this particular church about sexual immorality and says, listen, God will punish you. We've seen this happen. God does not want his people to be sexually impure. God has called us to the most thorough purity, his plan for you as his people. 
is to make you holy. You're not supposed to live the way the pagans who don't know God live. You have to live like you know the spirit that God has given you is called the Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen, we are called to a standard of self-control. Yes, you want that spouse. Yes, you do want to make love again. Yes, the thought of not making love again is not appealing to you because God has a spouse for you in Jesus' name, right? However, until that time comes, practice sexual purity. I'm going to go to the New Living Translation and then by the Holy Spirit, we're going to wrap this up. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You live this way already and we encourage you to do so even more. God is saying, listen, I see what you're already doing. I see the changes you've made. I know that you love me. I know that you're living for me and I need you to keep keep going. Stay right. Stay in that mindset of I want to live to please God. Because we're in our flesh. This is why God says walk in the spirit so that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It doesn't mean that the flesh won't lust for things. It means that if you're walking in the spirit, you won't fulfill what the flesh is trying to tell you to do. The flesh is telling you to fantasize. You're going to back those fantasies down. The flesh is telling you to masturbate. You're going to say, I will not in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, take over my hands and deliver me from this spirit, this incubus spirit, this succubus spirit, this spirit of masturbation, the spirit of perversion, the spirit of lust. Deliver me. Okay. The flesh is going to try to tell you, call your ex or call whoever, call your coworker, get it popping. You're going to say, absolutely not. And I, I know I'm fully convinced. That he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Come on. Remember, we learned that scripture. God is able to keep that which I have committed to him. Listen, you've committed your body to him. You've committed your reproductive organs to him. God, y'all say it and don't feel bad about it. Lord, cover my penis with the blood of Jesus. Keep it. Keep it out of lust. Keep it out of the will of the enemy. I surrender and submit and yield it to you. Women, cover my vagina with the blood of Jesus. I completely commit it to you, Lord. I surrender it and yield it to you. And it may sound strange to say, but honey, you don't want it surrendered to yourself and you don't want it surrendered to the devil. So you better surrender it to Jesus, okay? All things are his All things were created by him. He knows he sees you. You belong to him. Every single part of you. And sometimes we can be so funny acting about things that we don't want to acknowledge. Yet you still have a vagina, even though you got saved, sir, you still have a penis, even though you got saved and you need to learn how to submit that thing to Jesus so that you don't end up playing with yourself or having sex out there. Okay. Cause it gets tough. It gets tough and you have to know how to fight and you have to know how to uh, um, uh, speak and decree that word over yourself. He says, listen, we know you're living good and we're encouraging you to do so even more because God forbid we stay where we are. God forbid five years from now, we're in the same place. Absolutely not. We want to continue to learn. We want to continue to grow. Whether we're married within the next five years or not, we want to be sound in Christ, right? Listen to this. 
for you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse three says God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. There's no way for us to remain a holy people if we indulge in sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body, Jesus, and live in holiness and honor. Mm. When you control your body, you live in holiness and you live in honor. And I'm going to go really briefly to James. And let me see. We're going to just let me skim. Let me skim through the chapters so that I can get to what I want. Here we go. James 3. This is a practice that I feel is so important for us to connect to controlling lustful desires. Okay. James 3, chapter 2. No, James chapter 3, verse 2. Excuse me. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we can control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Let me give that to you in a different version. James 3. Come on here. Work with me. Okay, let's see. Let's see. For we all stumble in sin in many ways. This is the Amplified Bible. If any man does not stumble in what he says, never saying the wrong thing, he is a perfect man fully developed in character without serious flaws, able to bridle his whole body and reign in his entire nature, taming his human faults and weaknesses. So I personally, and I'm teaching you to do this thing by the Holy Spirit, and you can take this to him in prayer. I absolutely connect the way I speak to my ability to um, remain sexually pure, okay? I have to make sure that I'm able to control my tongue because the Bible says that if you can control your tongue, then you can control your body in every other way. So what am I telling you? Learn as you're learning to be a lust-free individual, as you're learning to um, bear this fruit of self-discipline and temperance, listen here, learn to shut your mouth sometimes. You don't always have to have a response. You don't always have to say anything. I'm not telling you to be awkward. Don't You don't have to be weird. You can indulge in conversations. When it comes to unnecessary speech, when it comes to combative speech, when it comes to hurtful speech, stay quiet. When it comes to idle speech, when you know, you know good and well you don't really have to say it. Like sometimes the Holy Spirit be telling me like, girl, you know. You don't have to talk about no more conspiracy theories. You ain't got nothing more edifying to talk about. You don't have any more you anything more useful to talk about. You know what I'm saying? If you feel the Lord kind of tugging on you saying that's enough, you don't got to talk no more. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just time to be quiet. Do it because God is implementing spiritual laws in your life. The more you're able to yield to the Holy Spirit and make sure that your conversation is edifying and you know, um, in heaven from where you look for your savior, even though that actually means citizenship, but you know what I'm saying? Your conversation, your speech is edifying to the hearer and is seasoned with salt and grace. All of that. Listen, you will be able to start controlling your body. The Bible says the tongue can no man tame. If you can learn to tame this thing, 
by yielding to the Holy Spirit as he's telling you to be quiet or he's telling you what to say and what not to say, the Lord knows you can begin to have control over your flesh. Amen. Amen. It doesn't mean stop prophesying. It doesn't mean stop giving advice. It means stop having um, whatever sort of speech is not pleasing to God. And it means that whenever he says stop, then stop. And I would even say, and this is what I'm hearing from the Lord right now, instead of the unnecessary speech, learn to pray more. That is the most necessary speech. And when you begin to do that, you'll be able to control even your body. And you recite that scripture over yourself. God, your word says that if any man can control his tongue, then that same man is perfect and can control his entire body. Lord, I've been being quiet. I'm asking you to deliver me. I'm asking you to teach me to um, control my body. As your word says, I have to learn to control my body. Teach me. Glory to God, right? Um, help me. Bring me out of this. Um, help me to grow. Help me to mature in this area. Okay, we're going to keep going with the New Living Translation in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Okay? It says, God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. When you're able to control your body, remember, who can control their body? The person who can control their tongue. Okay, and you can control your tongue when you submit that thing to the Holy Spirit and listen as he's guiding you on what to say and what not to say. Then each of you can control his own body and live in holiness and honor. When you can say, you know what? Sex would be great. I know that. One day I want to make love again. One day I will make love again. But I refuse to allow myself to fall into sexual sin. I'm not going to do that. Okay? I'm not going to fall into lust. I'm not going to fall into masturbation. I'm not going to fall into pornography. I'm not going to fall into fornication. I'm not going to do those things because I'm human and I have a, you know, a desire to one day make love again and to be married. I'm not going to get into sexual sin, okay? I'm not going to use God's promise to me and my desire from the Lord to um as an occasion for the enemy to trip me up and 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 turn me into some type of sinner. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay away from all sexual sin. I'm going to have the Lord teach me by his spirit how to be sexually pure. I'm going to have the Lord grow this fruit of the spirit. Remember, you're learning to control your body and all fruit has to grow. It starts from a seed planted and it has to be watered. What's the water? The word of God. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. You have to allow the word of God to purge you, to cleanse you. Does that mean you're not going to be a human anymore? No. Does it mean that your desire for a spouse is going to go away? Absolutely not. But it means that the word of God will be the thing that leads you and guides you and convicts you and constrains you and, and liberates you at the right times for the right reasons. Okay. Okay. It says, um, you live in holiness when you're able to control your body and in honor. And that's what we want to live in, right? Not in lustful passion, like the pagans who do not know God in his ways. God wants us to be holy. Our God wants us to be holy. He wants us to live an honorable life. Now the pagans, they don't know nothing about that. They indulge and they, they do whatever they want to do, right? As a matter of fact, the Satanists have, have, have this saying, do what thou wilt. That's their command. 
do whatever you want to do. Okay. That's what they believe. But our God is not that way. We don't just allow this flesh to rule us. We have authority over this thing. And it says, listen to this, never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter. And it, this version says by violating his wife, but it just says, really the, the Greek actually says never harm or, or cheat a brother in this matter. That's by sleeping with him, sleeping with his wife, whatever, whether he's married or single, don't violate a person, period. Don't harm a person. Don't cheat a person by indulging in sexual immorality with them. And it says, for the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. This is our call. He's called us with a holy calling, right? Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his holy spirit to you. Okay. So the Holy spirit is in you and he's in you to help you and enable you to be holy as he's doing this, as he's convicting your heart, as he's giving you revelation, as he's enlightening you, you just say, father, in the name of Jesus, I commit myself to your spirit. Teach me to have authority over the desires of my flesh. And teach me to yield to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited for all of you who are going to be married one day. And I'm also excited for your journey as a single individual. This is an amazing season for you. It's a season of growth, a season of preparation, a season of uninterrupted intimacy with the Lord. Enjoy it. And when the time comes, I pray that you have a marriage um, by the spirit of the living God that is able to fulfill every one of your desires for companionship, for intimacy, there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with praying for what you want in the bedroom. I think it's healthy to do that. Lord, I want my spouse to meet my needs in this way. Lord, I don't want a person in the world to be able to make love to me better than my, my spouse will be able to. So God, I'm asking you to anoint and sanctify my marriage bed so that we have an amazing sex life you rebuke dryness, you rebuke erectile dysfunction, you rebuke ejaculating too quick, you rebuke, um, uh, you know, not being able to, to have orgasms and all that stuff. That is not right. Don't accept that. That's not normal. You pray for what you want in the bedroom and God is faithful when you come to him with a pure heart to bless your marriage. Because remember, marriage is honorable and should be honorable to all. Okay. And that bed isn't, and it has to be kept undefiled. And God will make sure that what you do in that bedroom is um, aligning with his will for you to have that comfort and that pleasure and that intimacy with your spouse. So yes, you can pray those prayers. Yes, pray. 
um, that your spouse, you, you know, is able to please you and you're able to have a great sex life after your season of abstinence. Okay. God, but I, you know, we all say, Oh Jesus, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. But then we don't want to talk to him about some real stuff. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows what's going on in your mind. He knows what's going on in your loins. You might as well tell him, submit it to him, surrender it to him. He's the only one that can really help you anyway. Okay. He's the only one that can really answer those prayers. Okay. So you want to say it to him, treat him like he's your best friend. You don't want to have more, uh, intimacy with your, your natural friends than you do with the Holy spirit. Okay. You want to be able to talk to him about anything and tell him everything and he will help you. He will hear you. He will answer your prayers. He will deliver you. Amen. Amen. He cares about what you care about. Amen. Amen. So put some prayers on that thing. Okay. Lord, let it be, let it be, um, the best, let it be amazing. Okay. And, um, however else you were led by the Holy spirit, he'll lead you, ask him to lead you father in the name of Jesus. We love you so much. And we thank you for this teaching. And I pray father that it is edifying to each and every person who hears it. I pray in the name of Jesus, that this teaching in the people who have heard it will be covered under the blood of Jesus and that they would bear good fruit. And that these words that you have used me to speak would bear good fruit in their lives in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you heavenly father in Jesus's name to help them with purity, to help them God with sexual purity, to help them overcome lust, to help them to overcome ungodly lust and unnatural desires in the name of Jesus. Lord, give them understanding. Tell them whether they're supposed to be married or not. Give them hope. Give them patience. And Father, give them the gift and the grace that you gave to Paul. Give that to them during their season of singleness so that they're not burning with passion outside of the time that you have ordained for them to be able to indulge in their desires. Lord, help all those who are single in the name of Jesus and who love you and who want to serve you to live a sexually pure life. And the Lord just wants me to say to whoever this is for, that it is possible and you can do it. And God is not throwing you away. He's helping you. He wants to help you. Glory to the name of the Lord. So Lord, we thank you for this teaching. Some of us feel dirty. Some of us feel uh, hopeless or like we want to give up because of those sexual issues. And let me tell you something, that's not the will of God for your life. God wants you to be holy and he wants to help you out of the sexual impurity, okay, and get you into his perfect will. So allow him to do just that. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, you are good. You are great. We seal this word with the blood of Jesus and I decree in Jesus's name that this word has gone forth with understanding and that the enemy cannot snatch this away and that it will bear fruit in every person who hears it. It will bear fruit in their lives in the name of Jesus. I'm asking that you surround them with your angels, Lord God, that you fight for them, that you speak to them, that you increase their desire for prayer and increase their ability to wait on your perfect will and do not allow the enemy to send any Saul's or any Hagar's or the wrong people, any deception into their lives to remove them out of the destiny that you have contrived for them. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus's name that we pray. Amen. You all, you are, when we talking about marriage, we're talking about a covenant and it can't be taken lightly. So you have to make sure that you get into it for the right reasons, not just to have sex, and that this is the perfect will of God. Okay? Make sure that this is the perfect will of God, that this person is the person 
that God has ordained for you and created for you. I love you all. God bless you all um, as you wait in Jesus' name. Amen.